Strategic Hot Box with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Discussing leadership, business, and how to take control of your life and achieve greatness. From the streets of Las Vegas, energized, informed, and never diluted. It's time to kick some ass. Hey, it's your girl, Dr. Brandy Stankovic. You're with me on the Strategic Hot Box, and I've got my boy, Torian Scott. I'm so excited that you're here. Hello. Hello. It's so good to be here as well. All right. Finally, in Vegas, live and in person. Right here. And I'm loving it being with you. Well, we're going to talk today about leading ain't easy. Mm. Let's get started. At the Strategic Hot Box, we learn, we love, and we kick ass, as you know. And leadership, I feel like, has been the central theme to a lot of the conversations that we've had. And I, and in general, leadership would be a lot easier if there weren't people involved, right? <laughs> it would be a lot easier if there weren't people that were following. And I think that leadership in general is daunting and how we go about that is is really what the challenge is. Just like in life, leadership, we have to have some sort of purpose. Like, why are we doing it? Sometimes we fall into that purpose. We naturally become somebody that where people look to as a guide. Maybe we're in it as a parent or a mentor, or maybe we're pushed into it because there's no one else that's willing to do the tough work or uh, willing to step up to the challenge. And, and sometimes we want it. Sometimes we want to be that person and we're working towards something like that. In Simon Sinek, uh, Start With Why, a lot of us are familiar with that book. People, he, he prefers that people start with that why and finding that reason that we're going to that, that, that purpose that we have in why we're there to begin with and it can help us in our organizational messaging. It can help us in, in our own leadership paths. And I think that that's really important as, as we go forth in our own lives and discovering the the inside discovering the reason we get up during the day what really gets us going where where that energy is not forced where that energy just comes organically where it just builds momentum within us john addison the former co-ceo of primerica and author of the book real leadership gave some insight that i just thought was really powerful in saying decide who you are and and make a decision about who you are and and who you you know essentially want to be and then be peaceful with that it's like allowing you to develop a peaceful core uh work on that emotional intelligence which you know i i believe very strongly in focus on what you can control not necessarily things that that are that are so often out of our control uh, limit eliminate some of that noise to allow us to have a bit more of an inner calm um, or peace and thus by those things we can become a bit more of a lighthouse for the people around us and creating uh that the focus uh, you may remember in the three-year episode, uh, Toby, Tobias Kennedy that was here, was talking about uh, driving in a car and the headlights only reach so far. And I've really thought about that metaphor a lot in, in my, my recent you know, leadership roles in the fact that you, you won't always see hundreds of miles ahead. You won't always even see a mile ahead. My goodness, I would never have predicted where I am today five years ago. And so I want to continue to grow and push. And, but that, that, 
that location on my GPS recalculates route a lot. And that's okay. I But I do need to continue to drive. I need to continue to move, even though I don't necessarily always know exactly where I'm going and allowing me to, if I know who I am and what my purpose is, I can be at peace with that and, and helping the people around me uh, push through that. But really, I'm sitting next to an expert. So honestly, let's bring in the expert in this conversation and learn more about him. I'd like to formally introduce you to Torian Scott. He is a speaker, mentor, coach, and he's got 20 years of leadership experience, more than 20 years. He's a president of Masters in the Marketplace, empowering leaders to manifest their individual and organizational impact. He's an author of Running After Destiny, a journey to a place called there. And I was doing air quotes for anybody that's just listening to us today. He's got a bachelor in business uh, management. He's a licensed minister as well, which is really cool. And a beautiful wife and three kids at home. So you are busy, my friend. Very, very busy. Welcome. Thank you so very much. Tell us about you. Well, I am a lover of people. I love people. And you know, many people don't start off with that, but I feel like I really have this huge love of where a person starts and where they can actually go. Um, as you just said, I am a husband, I am a father, uh, and I love just to laugh, you know, and I love to see people literally live out their given purpose and develop their potential as well as live in their destiny. So it's a pleasure and honor to be here. Well, thank you for being here. Are you a hugger? I am. I, I feel like hugger. that goes hands in hand I with a being hugger. a lover of people. It is. I am a hugger. I will literally hug you in the middle of the street. Well, you are also a very uh, incredible and beautiful uh, presence. Yes, and so it has to be, some people have to be like, wow, mm -hmm. you know, and the, the hugging and yeah. that kind of thing. So it's Absolutely. a, it's a, it's an amazing opportunity for you to share that, that love. Uh, what does it mean to lead with purpose? You know, I'm so glad that we're talking about purpose because that's my whole message about purpose, that there's something that I heard long ago. Like you already said that I'm a licensed minister, so you understand that I grew up in church. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that my pastor used to always say that would basically, oh my gosh, like scare the mess out of me. He said, if you don't fulfill your purpose, you might as well just live long enough to see your replacement. Hmm. And that was huge for me because I recognized that I wasn't an accident. And for a person that wasn't necessarily born in a, you know, a regular family, if you will, my mom had me when she was 19, basically my mm -hmm. mom and my dad went to the prom and boom, here comes this nine months later, nine months later, here comes a six, two chocolatey epidermis <laughs> that sits in front of you right now. So, um, not all six, two of me at that time, but, um, but I, I love talking about that because society would say, Oh, your dad didn't want you. So you must be an accident. Your mom, you know, didn't plan you. So you really don't have a purpose, but I had to recognize, no, that there was a need in the earth that made my existence necessary. Mm -hmm. And so I really wanted to share that message with every person, every CEO, every entrepreneur. And so leading with purpose is really understanding, like Simon Sinek says, your why, but not necessarily just your why. I think that you need to hone into why you're needed. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that that changes the conversation a lot. It's not just, okay, why am I doing this? Because you can have a horrible reason why you're doing something, right. but why am I needed in my generation? Why am I needed in this industry? Why am I needed in this relationship? And I think that brings a little bit more pizzazz, a little bit more intention to everything that you do. 
Yeah, I love that too. And it's it's not just the what's in it for me, it's in the what's in it for the individuals around me or the organizations that I'm working for. That's right. We're all servants. We really are all servants. I need to serve my gifts, my talents, my energy, my perspective with you because guess what? You have the same thing for me. You can share all the things that you've had the opportunity to experience with me as well. So we're all serving one another in this whole thing we call life. Uh, that's amazing. So we've talked about purpose and refining purpose on the hot box, but can you tell if a leader has lost sight of, of their purpose? Oh, absolutely. I can, I can tell from a mile away. And the reason how you can tell it is number one, they lose their passion. You know, have you ever seen a person that used to be excited about the game of basketball and then all of a sudden, you know, they're not as pizzazzed about it. They don't talk about it as much. They're kind of just a little bit ornery about it. Um, They've lost their passion. And also a person who's lost their interest in something, you know, and you say passion and interest. Passion really is the energy behind it. But they're their their interest in it what it is it's the actual development of their focus the development of their intention i mean when you're interested in something you pursue it you go after it you learn all that you can about it and so when a leader is not inspired when a person is not passionate that person has really lost sight of their purpose or their need for their relationship or their organization yeah, no doubt about it. And yeah, because when somebody is into something or they love something, they give themselves to it. That's right. They do. I mean, think about relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not just talking about business, but think about business is relationship. Every mm-hmm. relationship that you're in, every person in that relationship or the two people or the three people, I don't know, but all the people in the relationship or the organization must have an understanding. I'm needed here. Mm-hmm. I'm wanted here. I, I, I'm a value here. And that's what keeps it going. Yeah, no doubt about it. And when relationships are fresh, sometimes that value, that purpose is much clearer in somebody's mind. Mm-hmm. So whether you're first dating somebody and there's that excitement or whether you're a brand new employee and you know you were just maybe recruited and so you feel that fresh kind of excitement and, and we can lose that mm-hmm. uh, after a while. One of the things too that is a phenomenon of business today that that is maybe a pet peeve of mine of, of recent is that some people feel entitled to be uh, motivated or entitled for someone else to tell them their purpose, like sit in back of a, a room and say, okay, I'm ready for you to inspire me. Like it's <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it's on you That's to right. get something more out of this world. That's right. And I believe that you have to take 100% responsibility for that because here's what happens. I mean, the reason why you, most people lose their passion is because they are a victim of the culture of the organization. Now here's what happens in every relationship, in every organization, Every, I don't care if you're getting a new car. I don't care if you're getting a new boo. I don't care if you're getting a new organization. I don't care what you're doing. Every relationship goes through these four phases. Number one, it's the ecstasy phase. Oh my gosh, where have you been all my life? Like, I've been looking for somebody like you, man. This is the job of my dream, man. I'm so excited. I'm going to get there 15 minutes early. Forget 15 minutes. I'm going to get there 15 days early. You know, uh-huh. you're so excited because you've been looking for this all your life. And then the second phase that you run into is the reality phase. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of us who are married out there, you recognize wait a minute the guy in my dreams he didn't brush his teeth last night (laughs) like wait a minute she's she didn't take a shower two days in a row okay what's going on it's the reality phase of man 
I'm dealing with real life here. I'm mm-hmm. dealing with the real responsibility here. Sure. And most people can't really, really handle that responsibility. And then they hit the problem phase. Mm-hmm. And so the problem phase says, hey, there's a perspective that you have. There's a perspective that I have. And man, it, it's clashing at this particular point. And mm-hmm. so in that moment, what people do is they quit. And mm-hmm. so if those of you who are listening out there who may be in an organization, you're probably in the problem stage right now. You're probably in a situation where maybe your vision, your ideas, your concepts maybe aren't being grasped by everybody around you. Well, it's so easy to quit emotionally. Mm-hmm. It's easy to quit physically and it's easy to quit mentally. And mm-hmm. you begin to just say, you know what, I'm done with it. However, there is a little step. I say it, it's like a little escalator step uh, that you can take if you don't quit there's an opportunity for you to ride this escalator called creativity to the next the next phase which i call commitment and i think that people must get to that commitment phase if they're going to see their purpose fully lived out and you know people can go in and out of those phases if you think about it right Mm so uh the ecstasy phase can be short-lived or it can last for a very long time Mm -hmm. you know the the problem phase people can go into that the reality can almost bring into the problems fast if something occurs in an organization or they're hit in the face with the reality a little stronger and then we we can say i'm committed but then pop back into problems and then pop back into you know and so it that it it's a constant kind of evolution within those as well absolutely but i think that it's about the awareness of those steps and being very much aware of where you are in this step and Mm -hmm. it's okay to be in what step you are in if you are in ecstasy cool if you are in problem stage okay cool let's figure out how to get to the commitment phase yeah yeah and uh is there a a pill you can take to stay in the ecstasy phase oh absolutely (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if they sell it on the Real market. Maybe market. <laughs> it's, a black, it's a black market. Okay, got it. Um, well, you do hook me up with that number okay. after, after the show, if, if at all possible. Um, so how can organizations then work towards creating a culture for this type of purpose-driven leadership? Mm, culture. I love that you use that word culture because culture traditionally defined is a set of core values core beliefs, uh, core um, vocabulary, as well as actions that define a social group, basically. And so if you would just kind of break that down, what a culture is, it is number one, it's belief. Mm -hmm. And a belief is a core conviction in something that you hold dear to, you know? And so if an organization has a core belief of customer service, wow, their vocabulary and their behavior is going to actually follow that. Mm -hmm. So within a culture, you have um, belief, you have vocabulary, and you have behavior. Case in point, we just went through, or we're kind of visualizing or kind of living through right now at at this taping, um, the war between Popeyes and Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so which one is better, Chick Fil A chicken sandwich or is it Popeyes I've seen chicken that sandwich? On social media. But in every single situation, when you find out that the culture of Chick Fil A is what number one, we believe in customer service. Mm-hmm. Number two, we say, if you've ever been to Chick Fil A, what do they say? My pleasure. And if you don't get a my pleasure, like wait a minute, I'm at the wrong place, right? Mm-hmm. And then also, it really follows up with their behavior. So every time you go, you always know that you're going to get customer service. You know, you're always going to get a good attitude. You always know that you're going to be taken care of. However, with Popeyes at this particular point, you can drive up right now trying to get you a chicken sandwich. It doesn't matter. They will have a cardboard box outside that says no 
sandwiches left. You know, there's mm-hmm. no customer service. And as a result, that culture is defining their productivity. Mm-hmm. And so in leadership, when we're talking about culture, how can a culture, um, you know, change and make the shift? You got to go back to the beliefs. You mm-hmm. got to go back to the words, the vocabulary that you're using, and you got to go back to your behavior. What are you actually doing? So I've never eaten at either of those locations. And so I that think to myself, um, uh, you know, uh, but <laughs> but the, to point in that example that you gave is there is an amazing culture that is sustaining potentially a lesser product. Mm-hmm. And there is an amazing product that is living a life, mm-hmm. even though the culture isn't there. Yep. And that product life won't ever be as long. It could be a lot longer mm-hmm. if they had the, the high performing team behind it. Absolutely. And what what's happening is that it's confirming their reality of who they've been for so long. And so when they are made an opportunity to get $23.5 million in free advertisement, they weren't able to actually sustain the growth. And so in organizations, we have to be very, very careful of number one, what do we believe? What do we believe about ourselves? Who are we as an organization? Mm-hmm. Not, not who your, not who your owner is, not who the CEO is, not who the president is, but who are we as a collective organism who are we what are we saying and then also what are we doing and what do you do if you find yourself in an organization that doesn't have the same shared values that you do and let me give you an example so i worked at a institution years ago who that where the ceo didn't have kids had a very kind of uh individualism drive and when i was younger that was great and then i started a family at married and host having a baby and i found it so difficult to ask for time off to to then be pregnant and do all those things that were normal steps of of my life or, or might be normal steps of other people's lives but it was really hard at that organization and i ended up ultimately finding that that wasn't the place for me so what does someone do and that's a it's an obvious example what does someone do when it's a little less obvious but there there's an alignment kind of disruption. Mm. Of I think that number one, what they need to do is quit like you did. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if an organization doesn't align with your values and where you're trying to go, you're wasting precious time and resources and energy that you could be spending elsewhere. If you recognize that an organization is not for you, bite the bullet. Yeah, I know that you may need uh, the money. I know that you may need the opportunity. However, there's ways around that. I mean, you can make a step to get into another position or another opportunity. Now, um, changing a culture. I've been in the same situation, uh, with you, not necessarily, it wasn't like a family oriented situation, but, mm-hmm. um, very toxic, um, organization, you know, as far as some of the things that were in place. And so what I had to do is I had to change my perspective and I had to say, you know what, I'm not going to be a victim to the culture because this is one of the things that I know about leadership. And this is what I teach all the time is that leaders don't reflect their environment. They infect their environment. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can't just go and say, Oh, well, this is who I am because this is who, this is who I have to be here. No, you don't have to necessarily be that person here. You can infect your environment. And so what I began to do is I began to build a team culture and a culture that was never that I don't say never, it was not a team culture at that particular time. I said, no, we're going to, we're going to actually bring people together. And as as a result, what happened is we began to infect the environment. And then I think number three is you got to um, be patient. Mm-hmm. It's not an overnight thing. If you're a person you say, you know, I know that I'm needed in this organization. Maybe we don't align right now, but I know that I'm needed. 
take the time to be patient to know that your idea is not are not automatically going to come up. You know, yeah. it takes about 20 years to become an overnight success. Yeah, no right? doubt about it. So, you know, you just have to be patient a little bit. And it I say this all the time is that it takes about two or three people to change a culture. Mm hmm. It doesn't take everybody. It takes about two or three influential people that say, hey, listen, this is how we're going to operate. This is how we're going to do it. And as a result, those seeds of greatness, those seeds of service, those seeds of purpose begin to actually germinate and bring forth a good harvest. I, uh, another piece of that also is knowing eyes on the prize, right? So you mm -hmm. brought up the, the money piece and do whatever the someone's eyes on the prize is. So if you are at a position only for a paycheck mm -hmm. then get over mm -hmm. anything that you have to deal with to get the paycheck mm -hmm. if you are at that position for fulfillment life purpose love mm -hmm. then it's time to quit it's time to, to implement some of the things mm -hmm. that you were talking about so it's like it's it's really just knowing what mm -hmm. your what the purpose is what your your eyes on the prize is yeah. because I, and i think that sometimes we lose sight of that and that's the that's the whole reason that we're having this chat today yeah absolutely because I mean, here's what you got to get and I, i'm always training on this get your eyes on purpose mm -hmm. get it off of profits get it off the paycheck because if that's it that's you're, you're telling me that 40 hours a week, 60 hours a week, or whatever the case is, however long you spend at the job, it's only for the actual paycheck? No, it's not. Dig a little bit deeper. I remember I was actually training at Smart and Final, and um, uh, I was training at this organization, and as a result, um, I was able to really ask some hard questions and really dig deep into why a person was doing their thing. And they were, they were there for, I, I think, I don't know how many years they were there. They're one of the top executives. And I asked them this question, why are you here? And he says, well, I've been here for how many every years? I said, no, no, I understand that. But why did you start here? Why this particular organization? Why not Ralph's? Why not Kroger? Why not? He said, because this is the best paying job. I said, okay, so why was that important to you? And he began to tell me this big story about how his dad had left and he had to become the breadwinner for his mom and his other little kids, or excuse me, other brother and sister that he had left, that the dad had left. I said, so it's not about the paycheck. Mm -hmm. It's about you being a provider. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. See, the paycheck is the result of the purpose, okay? Mm -hmm. You gotta get back down to the purpose. And so many people have lost sight of that because it's easy to, to I guess, subjugate yourself to the paycheck mm -hmm. rather than discover your purpose. And mm -hmm. so understand you must put your eyes back on purpose. And as a result, the paycheck is just a bonus. Yeah. Can you share a funny story? Something that's happened? Wow. Okay. I met Walmart the other day, right? Uh-huh. Like so, just as a visitor or were you working with well, Walmart? Well, no, of course I'm not working with Walmart. Not yet, <laughs> not yet at least Walmart. You can call me. Um, <laughs> but no, just as a visitor, just, you know, shopping, getting some things for my kids and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, I'm on this aisle and I'm getting everything. And this lady, she, I noticed this lady out of the side of my, out of my side of my, you know, peripheral. And I was like, okay, you know, I've seen her. Okay. So I go to another aisle and I see her again and she's kind of almost like following me, you know? And so I go to another aisle just to think that, you know, I'm just kind of perusing around and she follows me again. And I'm just like, okay, what is up with this lady? Now she's an older lady. And so she comes up and she says, you probably know, you've probably seen or probably recognize that um, I've been following you. And I was just like, well, yeah, yeah a little uh -huh. bit. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, well, you know, you remind me of my son. And I was like, Aww. oh, I said, well, he must be handsome. <laughs> <laughs> he must be one of me. Okay. He said, he was like, no, yeah, he was handsome. He actually died. And I said, 
Oh, I said, you know, I'm so sorry about that. She said, you know, I know this is weird and I know that it's crazy, but would you mind, no lie, would you mind if I call you son? And I was like, okay. I said, well, I mean, sure, I guess, you know, son, I'm never going to see this lady again, right? right. So I said, or okay. so you think. Or, or so I think, right? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what, you know, in this social media age, I don't know what she's going to do. So, you know, so I'm going and I'm going to go check out and everything. And all of a sudden she's there again. And I say, you know what? Let me just let her go. So I let her go in front of me. She has this huge basket full of clothes, of course, in Walmart, you know, mm -hmm. so you get everything. It's like they want to buy the whole store, right? So, um, so she goes in front of me and everything. She checks out and um, she says, oh, well, thank you so very much, son. I'll see you soon. And so she goes. And so I get up to the register. I have a couple of things and everything. And the person says, oh, that's going to be $450. Oh. It was a scam. I say 400 and what? Dollars? I said, is the period in the wrong place? You're kidding! I said, I said, wait a minute. I said, hold on just one second. I said, wait, wait, wait. I, she, she said, well, you know, that, that's your mom, right? She just calls you son. Isn't that your mom? I said, no, no, no. I said, that's not my mom. And so I proceed basically to run out of Walmart at this particular point and run after this. This lady is in high step to her car. No, she is she running. Didn't. She gets to her car. She's throwing everything in her car. And I said, lady, what are you doing? These people are, you know, now loss prevention is coming. They're probably about to call the cops and everything and they're she's literally like she's like no son you said that you i said no no i said i'm not your son what's wrong with you so she gets in her car and everything and so i'm pulling on her i'm pulling on her arm and i'm like lady you're gonna have to come out because these people are gonna try to you know confiscate me wow. you're not gonna, gonna try to arrest me and so you know she gets in and i'm pulling on her leg and i'm like i'm pulling her leg she's like no and i'm pulling her leg just like i'm pulling your leg uh, <laughs> i roll <laughs> I rolled all I well one all I could think in that moment is thank God it was you right because I would not chase somebody pulling them out of their vehicle know, in I the know. parking lot right, but right, right, that right. is a good story so, I wish it was true I know because then it, it would have been be a cool. better I would have been better I know but you know whatever. <sighs> you take me through all these emotions and then nothing it was a great it was, thrill wasn't it it was for nothing <laughs> um share a bold action item or takeaway wow number one take 100% responsibility um, so many people are transferring, transferring blame to someone, you know, the employee is transferring blame on the boss for not, for not having a raise. Um, the mother is transferring, trans, can I speak today? The mother is transferring blame on her kids for not having a social life. You know, the father is, or the husband is transferring blame on the wife for him not fulfilling his dreams. But you have to take 100% responsibility. You know, the reality is, Dr. B, is that I can't do your pushups for you. I would love to. I would love to outsource the pushups, right? We could mm -hmm. just push the button, do the 100 pushups. We'll have the nice boulder shoulders and chest. However, that's not the case. You have to take 100% responsibility in your forward movement. Mm -hmm. Number two, you got to recognize and take this 100% responsibility is that you are exactly where you want to be, regardless if you're willing to admit that or not. And that's a hard pill for people to swallow. Like, wait a minute, I'm driving the car that I want to drive. Yes, you are. I married the person that... I'm wanted to marry. Yes, you did. You made your, your choices, your people that you have in your life are the product of your intelligent choice. Mm -hmm. So make more intelligent choices, you know, but take 100% responsibility for your life. Do not outsource your pushups to anybody. Find your purpose, get clear on what that is, serve it to the world and do not let up until you get to your place called there. Yay.
If people want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? They can go to my website, ToriAndScott.com. Uh, everything is there. Everything, my social media is there, things that I'm going to be doing, my events, everything is at ToriAndScott.com or on all the social media platforms. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Let's head out to the shout out. Hey, Brandy, uh, we're here at Angel Stadium. I just want to give you a shout out and just say congratulations and good luck with your strategic hot box. Thank you to Michael Maxwell there at Angel Stadium for giving us a shout out. And thank you again to Tori and Scott for being here with us and energizing us at the hot box. This is your top five kick ass. Number one is to define, understand, eyes on the prize, eyes on the purpose, knowing what it is that we're going after. Know that and define that. Number two, start with that why, but we have to take it further than the why as Torian taught us today. But know that why, know what you're doing and how you're going about it. Number three, ask who am I? Who who am I in this journey? How can I define that? It's all they all kind of blend together, integrate together, work together in going after your purpose. Number four is to encourage others, encourage yourself, encourage others to be part of your journey. And the more energy and momentum that you have, allow people to to be part of that momentum, infect the organization. I love that infect affects the organization as much as you can and number five be the light whether that's the lighthouse whether that's the headlights whether it's just a flashlight or as much as we can shine bright so the people around you can feel the love and join you in this crazy crazy journey of life this crazy journey of leadership that's your top five kick ass Thank you to all of the watchers and listeners here at the Hot Box. And thank you to Tori and Scott for being with us. Thank you to Michael Maxwell for the shout out. If you'd like to see us talk about any topics here on the Hot Box, reach out. You can email us, podcast at strategichotbox.com. Of course, you can hit us up on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, WhatsApp, you know, any of those. You can just like hit, hit me up. Oh, whatever. My, uh, my Bitmoji is super hot. You should check it out for sure. Until I see you again, get out there and kick some ass.